Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHer Con is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Welcome to the Best Ever Show, the world's longest running daily commercial real estate podcast. Our hosts interview commercial real estate experts every day to get you the best advice ever with none of the fluffy stuff. Hello, Best Ever listeners, and welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever Show. I'm your host for today, Paul Mueller, and today we're going to try something new. Look, there are a lot of headlines out there, a lot of stats, charts, trends, and frankly, noise. And sometimes it's tough to know what to pay attention to. So today... The Best Ever team has put together a short midweek news brief where we'll run through some of the top CRE headlines for you with a little context to boot. Then we'll invite a CRE expert in to discuss our top story before sending you off for your day, hopefully a little bit more informed. So today, with a ton of new data coming in from early Q3, we're going to double click on a few housing market headlines, including updates on where people are moving to and from, what's happening in rent growth nationally, and which markets are poised to be leaders in rent growth and other key categories in 2024. We'll start in the Music City, where Nashville has crashed the list of top migration destinations in the U.S. for the first time since 2021. According to Redfin data for October, Nashville, Tennessee was the ninth most popular destination for homebuyers looking to relocate to a new metro area, with people most commonly moving to Nashville from Los Angeles. The L.A. to Nashville trend could have something to do with The fact that the average home sold in Nashville in October sold for around $450,000, while the average cost of the typical home in Los Angeles nearly doubled that at $880,000. It's been a larger trend for some time now, people leaving more expensive coastal cities for the more affordable Sunbelt. Chalk it up to high mortgage rates and housing costs compared to last year. But rising insurance costs likely play a role too, as many of the cities people are choosing to leave are facing significant climate risks. Think California wildfires and hurricanes and flooding in Florida. I mean, we see what's happening down in Florida with a handful of insurance companies pulling out of the state altogether, at least partially due to high claim risks. Still, though, Orlando, Cape Coral, and Tampa all crack the top 10 as migration destinations, so those factors could be a little bit overblown. Sacramento actually took the top spot as the most popular migration destination in October, with most looking to flee nearby San Francisco, followed by Las Vegas, where people from, again, Los Angeles, were looking to move most. Meanwhile, the exodus from San Francisco continues, as it's still the top city overall that people are looking to leave. 
So now that we've looked at the latest data on where people are moving to and from, let's look at what's happening with rent growth. In what RealPage rental housing economist Jay Parsons is calling semi-positive signals in the U.S. apartment market, for the first time in nearly two years, the year-over-year decline in U.S. rents slowed in November. Rents fell 0.52% from October to November 2023, which is a slightly slower monthly decline versus November 2022. So on an annual basis, rents inched up from 0.08% growth to 0.16%, which signifies that rents have remained mostly flat. This is all according to new RealPage data, and Parsons says he expects rents to remain fairly flat for a while, especially given that new supply volumes will further spike and likely peak in 2024. Many high supply markets on the West Coast and in the Sun Belt, he says, will continue to cut rents as they have been. Here are a few other key takeaways from RealPage's November data. Number one, the steepest annual rent cuts persist in high supply, high demand markets like Austin, Boise, Atlanta, Orlando, and Phoenix. But in many of those markets, the pace of declines has eased a bit. Number two, wage growth continues to outpace rents, widening the pool of prospective renters. And number three, rents aren't falling everywhere. 41 of the top 150 metro areas saw rents rise 3% or more, primarily in the Midwest and Northeast where supply has been limited. To dive deeper into this data, click the link in the show notes. I encourage you to check it out, as the data really does paint a clear picture of where the housing market is, particularly in multifamily, as 2023 comes to a close. The big question, of course, is, what will 2024 bring? And that takes us to our third and final headline, also from RealPage, which is that it projects Richmond, Virginia, and San Jose, California as the leaders in rent growth for 2024, with rents in each metro area rising 4%. West Palm Beach, Anaheim, and Pittsburgh round out the top five for projected rent growth in 2024. As far as occupancy, Newark, Boston, New York City, and a four-pack of California metros are expected to maintain the strongest occupancy, all exceeding 96%, while the hotspots of Dallas, Phoenix, and Austin are projected to be the leaders in apartment supply in 2024. That trio is also projected to be tops in demand, with Dallas leading the way with a projected 38,000 units of supply versus nearly 37,000 units in demand. To learn more and check out the full projection for 2024, click the link in the show notes. And now, to keep with the theme of what will 2024 bring, for our main story, we're going to take a look at some of the larger trends that investors should be monitoring going into 2024. And joining me today to discuss those is Reed Bennett. We'll get back to the show with the first some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. Deciding how to invest your capital is more challenging than ever. That's why it's never been more important to partner with a company with a solid track record and that has thrived through various economic cycles. Companies like BAM Capital. BAM Capital is a trusted multifamily syndicator that has delivered a historical average of over 35% IRR with an average hold period of three and a half years. BAM Capital has never missed a preferred payment never lost an LP's investment, and never called capital past the subscription amount. BAM Capital is currently raising capital for a fund designed for accredited investors targeting a 15 to 20% IRR and a 2 to 2.5x equity multiple to its investors over a 3 to 5 year hold period. If you're an accredited investor and you want to learn more about multifamily investment opportunities with BAM Capital, visit capital.thebamcompanies.com. Again, that's capital dot the bamcompanies.com do you want to do bigger and better commercial real estate deals take your real estate capital raising efforts to new heights with syndicationattorneys.com with more than 20 years of real estate and investing experience syndicationattorneys.com goes beyond just creating legal documents 
They educate you on ethical and legal capital raising strategies. Plus, they offer a host of free resources, including their best-selling capital raising books, numerous articles, and their popular podcast, Raise Private Money Legally. At syndicationattorneys.com, they do more so you can do more, more deals, bigger deals, and better deals. So if you want attorneys with premier experience helping syndicators and fund managers raise capital, go to syndicationattorneys.com today to schedule an appointment and unlock your maximum capital raising potential today. That's syndicationattorneys.com. This offer is not available to Florida residents. All right. So as we creep into December here, it's getting to be that time that not only we start digesting what's really happened in 2023 across commercial real estate, but more importantly, it's getting to be that time where we start looking ahead to 2024 and what that could have in store for investors. So today for our main story, we're going to take a look at some of the trends that investors should be monitoring going into 2024. And joining me today to discuss those is Reed Bennett. Reed is a return guest. You can check out his recent appearance on the podcast, episode 3286, which we'll link to in the show notes. And Reed's joining us today from Chicago, Illinois. He serves as a national council chairperson of multifamily properties for SVN, where he serves multifamily clients in over 170 markets around the country. Reed is a multifamily broker who's invested in several deals, and he's worked in the multifamily space for more than 22 years. Reed, it's great to see you again and great to have you here today. Paul, excited to be back. I'm a longtime listener, second time caller. Yeah, definitely. We're excited to have you. So look, a lot of investors are grappling with you know the challenges brought on by inflation, rising interest rates, rising costs, you name it. And a lot of these will continue to be factors for the foreseeable future, especially in 2024. But let's get right to it. I mean, you talk to buyers and sellers all day, every day. What are you hearing that people are focused on most as we go into 2024? Well, it's it's kind of the convergence of a number of different things right now that we're seeing. Um, you know, the rental market is really stabilizing right now. Um, you know, you're not seeing these double digit percentage increases that we were seeing through 2021 through, you know, really the beginning part of 2023. Um, it, that's kind of slowing. And at the same time, that's slowing down. You know, the a lot of the inflationary pressures are, are still in effect from. Uh, the end of that period move and just driving a lot of the expenses up, you know, the expenses we talked about, the, you know, the insurance costs have gone up. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting because we sell most of our apartment complexes up in the Midwest. And what I'm hearing from a lot of my colleagues in the Sunbelt region is, you know, the insurance costs have gone somewhere, you know, close two to $3,000 a unit, which is just ridiculous for us to hear. And, but we're starting to see that up in the Midwest as well. So, you know, the insurance premiums have risen 28 to 155%, depending on what market you're in. Um, you know, we're also, you know, couple that with what we've seen with these drastic fed interest rate hikes that have, that have tripled in some instances uh, for a lot of the borrowers. And we have a lot of multifamily owners and operators that have, ha that have variable rate debt or bridge debt that is coming due. It's starting to come due now. And next year, there's a ton of it coming due. We're already working with a number of uh, special servicers um, and receivers right now to help them understand if they should continue to release funds to owners and operators of multifamily that are renovating units to try to hit certain benchmarks on rents. So it's interesting to see what's going on out there. And, you know, it's kind of hitting operators from all different angles right now. So Reed, I want to go back to 
the insurance premiums that you discussed. I'm down here in Tampa, Florida. So we all know what's happening in Florida with insurance rates and people are leaving in droves. Investors are staying away for the most part, especially when, in the multifamily space. I've talked to Slocum about this a lot, actually. And he he says that to date, they haven't really seen the same in uh, the Cincinnati area up in the Midwest, mainly because uh, obviously there are natural disaster factors, other factors down here in Florida that simply don't exist up there. You're, you say that you're starting to see the, this permeate into the Midwest. Why is that? Is it just are they just following that trend, and these companies are taking advantage of those opportunities to raise those rates, or is there a practical application for that reason? I mean, it's a great question. It's a great question. You know, my belief is that you know it has to come from somewhere, and and you know, down in Tampa, uh, you know, in the in many of the Florida markets, I was just down in Miami two weeks ago, and I just. The, the amount of increases in what people are paying for per door and they're even they're even leaving out wind damage out of their premiums because a lot of the times the wind damage parts of the premiums you know aren't even paying out so you know but then a lot of these uh, owners if they don't pay for the wind they're in default of their loan depending on what kind of loan they have so you know I, it has to creep. So, I mean, it has to, the bucket has to be filled somehow. And if, if, if people are being outpriced in the Sunbelt regions in Florida, it has to come from somewhere else. So it's just, you know, even the premiums up here in the Midwest, we're seeing them go up. Um, you know, we're looking at a, a complex that we're marketing right now that it, it increased, uh, you know, $20,000 on a smaller deal. And that $20,000, you know, on top of, uh, you know, what we're going to be expecting to see with some of the other uh, increase in expenses is just wiping out any double digit increases that we've seen over the last three years of rental rates, just wiping it out. And you mentioned other operational expenses. Obviously, insurance is a big one. What are some other operational expenses that people are going to be paying attention to going into 2024? Well, there's a, there's a number of things besides insurance. You're, you're, you know, you're going to also have uh, the real estate taxes, which are which are paid in arrears are go, are just starting to catch up to the, the drastic increases we saw in 21 and 22 in some markets and so you know these real estate tax increases are going to start crushing uh, a lot of, again you at just with real estate taxes and insurance you know what that's doing to the operational costs of these apartment complexes it's just, it's going to be drastic. So that's why you have to have a significant amount of cushion. You know, hopefully that's with your, with your, uh, with your interest rate, but the, you know, we're not seeing that either as well. So kind of hitting it from all sides, but you know, the, the, the big saving grace is, and, and a big difference between what we're experiencing in 2023 that, that we, we, we saw in 2008 and nine and 10 and, and the great financial crisis was anybody that had a pulse, could get a, a mortgage and they were all leaving apartments and going and buying homes or condos that they couldn't afford. And so there was a, you know, 70%, 80% occupancy levels in areas that were typically in the low nineties um, that we saw during that time period that we're not seeing because anybody that has a sub 3% 30 year fixed interest rate in their home is not selling their, they can't afford to sell their home and move to a new, uh, a new, house anywhere and pay 8% on their, on their mortgage. So the fact that there's no inventory 
very little apartment dwellers are leaving to go buy their first home like they like they normally would. It's keeping the metrics pretty robust for occupancy levels, um, you know, and rental rates across the multifamily landscape. Yeah, and Reed, before uh, before we started recording, you had spoken a little bit about deal flow, right? Sure. And and how that had had come to almost a screeching halt this year. What are you looking at in terms of deal flow? I mean, I know there's been a lot of stories out there about how much dry powder and institutional capital is sitting on the sidelines, waiting to pounce on these distressed assets when they come when they come up. Um, but you know, institutional capital is different than, uh, you know, interest rates coming down and small mom and pop investors getting back into the game and getting into competition. So what does that look like? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that's going to be the biggest question mark for next year is, you know, what will interest rates do? It will that allow, uh, you know, some of these buyers to get back into the game that are using traditional financing. Um, you know, that that's been the main bid versus ask gap right there is, is, is the, is the debt. Um, because if you, you know, a lot of the owners are saying, look, my, my metrics are fantastic. I, I have 97% plus occupancy with a waiting list, you know, and I'm, I'm, you know, some of them are continuing to slightly raise rents, although that's slowed down considerably, but the transactional volume is down 63 to 75%, depending on what market you're in. And, you know, it, it's just a lot of the owners, if they don't have to sell there and they still have the prices that were thrown. I mean, we were we were delivering offers to, to owners in 2021 and 22 that were just, I mean, completely ridiculous. And, you know, what I, I was telling those owners, if you're not buying or, you know, you're not selling it at this price, you're buying your own deal at this price. Um, really, you know, most people are, are kind of coming back and trying to catch up to the bus is what we call it and, and getting to the next bus stop. And then the pricing is kind of dropped again, but that is going to be the, the biggest key for next year. If the, the, you know, the sellers that want to sell or need to sell can sell at a price that makes sense for them and the buyers can still come back up to that price and bridge that gap. And that's, that's going to be the big question for 2024. We'll get back to the show with a first some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. Deciding how to invest your capital is more challenging than ever. That's why it's never been more important to partner with a company with a solid track record and that has thrived through various economic cycles. Companies like BAM Capital. BAM Capital is a trusted multifamily syndicator that has delivered a historical average of over 35% IRR with an average hold period of three and a half years. BAM Capital's never missed a preferred payment, never lost an LP's investment, and never called capital past the subscription amount. BAM Capital is currently raising capital for a fund designed for accredited investors targeting a 15 to 20% IRR and a 2 to 2.5x equity multiple to its investors over a three to five year hold period. If you're an accredited investor and you want to learn more about multifamily investment opportunities with BAM Capital, visit capital.com. TheBAMCompanies.com. Again, that's capital.TheBAMCompanies.com. Are you a real estate investor struggling to streamline your property management? Are you tired of juggling multiple systems to effectively manage your portfolio? Meet Rentec Direct, your ultimate solution for automating management tasks, reducing errors, and most importantly, saving you time. Rentec Direct offers an all-in-one platform for accounting, marketing, tenant screening, rent collection, and much more. And the best part? You're never alone. With U.S.-based live support and award-winning customer service, 
Rentec Direct is the partner you need to streamline your property management so you can focus on what's most important, growing your business and getting more deals done. If you're an investor looking to grow your portfolio, join the more than 15,000 investors and landlords who manage real estate assets totaling more than $200 billion using Rentec Direct. Just go to rentecdirect.com forward slash best ever and sign up for a free trial. Plans start at just $45 a month and you'll receive 20% off your first year just for being a best ever listener. That's R-E-N-T-E-C direct.com forward slash best ever for 20% off. Yeah. And I think that's a perfect pivot point to uh, you know another topic that I know you wanted to discuss, which is supply and demand and the... Uh, you know, the, the housing shortage that we're facing, regardless of how many multifamily deliveries we're going to get in 2024 and 2025, we're still way off from covering the gap of the housing shortage right now. But then also, you know, multifamily starts are down year over year as of October, I think 32%. So that may have some impact in 2024, maybe not beyond. Tell me about the supply issue that we're facing and how you think that's going to manifest itself in 2024. Yeah, I mean, depending on, on on what articles you read or what what sources you look at, it's somewhere between four point three and four point five million uh, apartment units. As far as a shortage that we have in the U.S., that we're not going to be able to, you know, really catch up to. It's like almost not in our lifetimes we're going to be able to catch up to that because the other problem we're seeing is the governmental regulations that are keeping a lot of the apartment developers down. Um, it, it, the the only way to to alleviate the affordability crisis that we have in this country is to build and build many more 4.3 4.5 million units the problem is all of the bureaucratic red tape that a lot of these developers have to go through it's it's cost prohibitive to building deals so the only the only multifamily uh assets that we've seen built over the last three to five years have been either the high-end highly amenitized class a lifestyle deals in core markets or low-income housing tax credit properties, you know, for the 60% or below the area median income group. Nothing is in for the middle class. Nothing's been built. The garden, you know, the garden apartments, virtually zero has been built. There's, there's a few here and there in some markets, but it's cost prohibitive to, to build those. So where's that going to come from? Like how, how does, how do we solve that problem? Not that you and I are here to solve it, but <laughs> if we could solve it, we wouldn't be talking on the on this video right now. But you know, so there are a lot of things. A, a majority of it, probably eighteen uh, percent of it, is or, or more is is going to be governmental regulations and 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 easing a lot of the restrictions that they're placing on developers. Um, that that plays a huge role in allowing more units to be built. Um, you know, the, the other thing is uh, a lot of the supply chain issues. And, you know, if I ever heard supply chain in my life, um, again, it'd, it'd be too soon. But if you remember during that was just jacking all of the, the, the cost of the lumber and, and all of the products up. So it just the, the cost just rose, you know, drastically during that time period as well. So between the increased costs uh, and then we have labor as well. I mean, you can't even find labor, um, you know, in, in this market right now. People are are offering, you know, pretty substantial uh, rates and, and and they can't find enough talent to fill the roles. So between labor, supplies and governmental regulations, I don't see 
I don't see the supply of housing increasing anytime soon to to alleviate that 4.3 million shortage that we have in this market. So as an investor, right, as a multifamily investor, a uh, small mom and pop or a syndicator going into 2024, what am I looking at? What's the uh, what's the landscape look like for me? Well, I think you're going to have to be looking at triple the amount of deals that you were looking at before to try to uncover a good deal. Look, there's there's always groups, owners, you know, some kind of a reason. You know, we call it the three Ds. It's either death, disease, or divorce. And divorce could be a partnership dispute where the partners want to go uh, somewhere as well. So there's always going to be situations that come up that owners are going to need to sell, have to sell. Um, you know, the, the other thing that we're going to see is, and we're already seeing it, are lenders are trying to figure out what to do with deals that they know they're not going to be able to refinance. The debt service coverage ratios have dropped. And we have a number of, of uh, systems that we're tracking these debt coverage ratios that are dropping way below one. And, you know, when that happens, you know, the lenders are going to have a big decision here, whether to either get into the chain of title take the property back, do some kind of a short sale. The, the challenge that I'm, I'm mentioning to owners currently is if you're in a position where you want to sell or need to sell at this point, there's still, like you said, a, a ton of capital chasing deals. We're still at, you know, historically decent mortgage rates. It's just, it's not, it's probably 25, 30% below the ridiculousness we saw in 2021 and 2022. So if you are, you know, interested or need to sell right now is the best time to sell going into next year. We don't know uh, what's going to happen because if there are deals that become distressed that end up selling for, you know, discount prices, right. You know, 30, 40, 50, 60 cents on the dollar. That's the new comp for your property. So when, when you go to refinance your deal, um, all of the appraisers are going to be looking at the new, the most recent deals that have sold. And if those are going to be distressed deals, those are the new comps for you as the owner in that market. So that's why when, when I'm, I see a new deal trade hands, I'm talking to all of the owners around that marketplace saying, hey, I just want to share with you, you know, XYZ complex that's sold that's going to have a direct impact on the value of your property. In 2021 and 22, that impact was extraordinarily positive, right? I mean, we just we just set a new record on this price per door in your market. So that's what I'm sharing with you. So would you take a look at an offer? Now we're going to be seeing, hey, this bank had to let this property go for, you know, 45% less than they bought it for. That's going to have a direct impact on the value of your property now. So if you don't have to sell or don't need to sell, you're in a, a position where you're going to be holding the, the market's always going to return. It always does. The cycles always go around. They always do. It's just uh, you're going to be holding it for a little bit longer. So 2024 or at least early 2024 is going to be the year or the quarter of the distressed properties? I think we're going to we're definitely going to see more distress in 24 than we saw in 23 because everybody kind of froze. Everybody went back on their heels this year to try to they hit pause. And, you know, um, I was a speaker at a number of conferences here in Chicago and um you know, all I heard from a lot of the big owners and operators was patience. They just kept saying patience. We're having patience. We're sitting back. And, you know, a lot of the other people in the room that make money off transactions, you know, patience doesn't pay their mortgage. So it's like, you know, we'll see what happens in 2024. Um, if, if people, you know, 
a lot of the owners and operators that I know, they're, ring, they're, they're just constantly wringing their hands to do deals. They want to do deals. It's in their blood. They're going to try to find deals to do. Transactions will always happen, but 2024 might be the year of certain distress. I mean, we're talking right now with a number of lenders that are asking us these questions and, and we're underwriting deals at 30 to 45% less than they have them on their books as the loan. So these, these are in markets that are going to get crushed early, you know, which, you know, there are typical markets around the country that fall first, they rise fast and, and, and die, you know, die quicker. Um, you know, here in the Midwest, we don't have those huge upswings and, and downswings, but, you know, it's it's going to hit some people for sure next year. So, Reed, I think the last thing, taking all that into consideration, right, the economic landscape, mortgage rates, interest rates, insurance rates, operational costs and all that, as we go ahead into 2024, what would be your best ever advice, one piece of advice for investors as they prepare for 2024 and they they strategically build out their business plans for the year? Well, I would say don't try to time the bottom. You know, everybody that tries to do that misses it by, you know, six months. So I would say, you know, you have to, you cannot make uh, very aggressive assumptions. But if there's a deal that makes sense right now with today's debt, you need to buy it. And you need to buy it quickly um, before everybody else that, that's, that's having analysis paralysis kind of steps off the sidelines and buy it. Because... You know, one of the things, and I've been doing this for 23 years, this is my 23rd year, Um, you know, early in the 2000s, I saw people buying deals that made sense with higher interest rates. And then they became multimillionaires just simply doing cash out refinances when the the interest rates were cut in half. So interest rates, you know, who knows where they're going to go. But if you can buy a deal right now that they make sense, the deal is going to work out for you. Do not push your you know, your assumptions on rental increases and do not push your assumptions on expense decreases. That's what a lot of the owners say. Just, you know, the new buyer can just raise rents and, 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 you know, decrease expenses. So it's just, I wouldn't be counting on that. Yeah, that's great advice and great perspective, obviously, from your experience as well. Reed, thanks so much for joining me today to discuss what we got going on heading into 2024. It's definitely going to be an interesting year, maybe more interesting than 2023 if that's possible. So it'll be interesting to see how uh, how, how investors react and how brokers like yourself react. And uh, once again, Reed, thanks for joining us today. And uh, I appreciate it. Have a best ever day. All right, Paul. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Thank you, Reed. And thank you, best ever listeners. Remember, if you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a five-star review. Share this episode with someone that you think could find some value in it. Also, follow, subscribe, and have a best ever day. Hi, best ever listeners. Joe Fairless here again. And one last thing before you go, would you like to receive a short weekly email with proven tips from experienced investors, free tools and resources, and a roundup of the week's most relevant news and best ever content? Well, if so... Join the community of nearly 15,000 commercial real estate passive and active investors who receive the best ever newsletter. Just go to bestevercre.com forward slash access and you'll get the very next one. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And as always, thank you for listening and have a best ever day.